In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So in Romans 11, we've been working through Romans this summer. In Romans 11, the Apostle Paul is finishing his answer to the question that he began in Romans 9. And that question was, has the word of God failed if not all Jewish people are saved? Paul will go on to answer that no, the word has not failed. And he tells us that people are saved by not having the law, but because they have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He explains that this faith comes when the gospel promises are preached to us and our, heart, and our hearts through the Holy Spirit hold on to them. So in our reading from this morning, Paul's going to emphasize this point again. God has not rejected Israel. In fact, Paul points himself as the proof of it. Paul was a Jew who was saved by faith when Christ came to him. If God had given up on Israel, then Paul himself would not have been saved. And so Paul says the word of God is always there for the Jewish people, calling them to repentance and calling them to trust in the promises found in Jesus Christ. But here Paul wants us to see specifically that both Jew and Gentile are captive to sin and they cannot free themselves. In other words, all of us, no matter who we are, what our ancestry is, what our circumstances are, all of us are in trouble. Verse 32 says, For God has imprisoned all in disobedience, so that he may be merciful to all. Literally, the Greek here reads, God has shut in all people in disobedience. When God's law is preached, all are equally condemned. God's law is an equal opportunity accuser. Because there's no one who can hold up the Ten Commandments, for instance, and say, yes, I live this out perfectly. All of us are sinners. We do not fear, love, and trust God above all else. In fact, we all have our idols. We all have our false gods. We all have our superstitions. We all put our trust in ourselves or in things of this world when we should put our trust in God alone. And none of us live moment by moment loving our neighbors as ourselves. We all daily make decisions that benefit ourselves. We all have selfish ambitions and desires. We all have been unjustly angry and dismissive of others. It's a universal problem, and we all know it. And what Paul says here in Romans, however, that we really want to pay attention to is that God imprisons everyone in this disobedience. Typically, we only want to see God in one way. Typically, we only want to see God as the gentle shepherd who carries the little lamb on his shoulder. Much of the time, we only want to approach God's word in a way that will make us feel better about ourselves, that will lift us up positively. And people do this in all sorts of ways. In Paul's context, when he was writing the letter to the Romans, there were Jewish people who put their faith in the fact that they were Jews, that they had the law. And that's how they approached scriptures. Because they followed a particular ritual or ritual tradition, that they were okay. And so there was a feeling that God won't condemn me as a Jew because, well, Abraham is my ancestor, because I have the law. But this is a misplacement of hope and a downplaying of what God does in his word. <clears throat> as Paul says, when you look at the law, it's not going to save you. It's only going to condemn you because it's going to point out all the ways you are a sinner, 
all the ways you don't measure up. And so in our own day, people have their own kinds of rationalizations that they bring to God's word. We will try to rationalize God's word to dismiss it. Right? Things like God doesn't care who I have sex with. The Bible is just full of ancient cultural baggage that doesn't apply to me. God doesn't care how I use my time or money. God doesn't care what I say about my neighbor. I doubt God really cares what I say about people of other races. God doesn't care that I gossip just a little bit, and so on. So whatever the sin might be, we're always tempted to rationalize it in an effort to get away from God's actual demands of us. But that's the truth we all need to hear. God's law condemns each of us. We all have fallen short. And God doesn't want us to try to make excuses for it. Instead, God wants us to look at his law and see just precisely how we are sinners. God shuts us in with his law. And we are shut in this prison of sin with no hope of saving ourselves, no matter who we are. And so we have to take sin seriously. Because God takes your sin seriously. God is righteous and holy. He is good and he doesn't laugh off sin. Instead, he condemns it. And he wants you to know that you're not going to be able to get yourself out of your sins. It's no light thing. Sin is no thing to ignore. It's so serious that it leads to death. It consumes us. It leads only to our demise. It's so serious for us that there's only one answer to it. That is trusting in Jesus Christ. Jumping to grace, jumping to forgiveness, without first confessing and acknowledging our faith, without first and acknowledging our sin and our helplessness, is a kind of cheap grace. It's a grace not based on God's goodness, but on our, our desire to kind of keep God at a distance. But what Paul says here is that God has shut in all by the law so that he can freely justify all of us by his mercy. And this is Paul's point. The gospel only becomes for us good news if we understand what it means for us to be sinners. Jesus' death on the cross for us is only good news if we trust that he died to take our sins from us. The preaching of the promise of the forgiveness of sins is only good news if we see the gravity of our sins. And so God wants his law preached. He wants sinners to know their sin. Because when the law is preached, the Holy Spirit shows you your sin. And so you can return over and over to Christ's sacrifice for you as a sinner. In Romans 11, this means stop putting your trust in anything but Christ. You must not try to rationalize your sin. Instead, you must confess it and receive God's mercy. Because that's the good news. God does save. God does forgive. He forgives over and over endlessly. Our gospel reading this morning is a great example of what Paul is getting at in Romans 11. Jesus actually condemns the Canaanite woman by treating her in the way that the law says she should be treated. She's a Gentile. She's unclean. She's ritually unclean. And so Jesus at first ignores her. He says nothing to her at all. In fact, later he will call her a dog. And Jesus is putting her under the condemnation of the law. He holds up the law to her and says, this is who you are. You are a dog. You're a sinner. You're worthy of condemnation. 
And that's always the hardest word to hear. But that's God's word to sinners. Sinners are those who rightly and justly should be cast out of God's presence. Sinners are the ones deserving of God's wrath. Sinners can rightly be sent to hell. And just as it was true for the Canaanite woman, so it's true for you and me. We are sinners who deserve God's condemnation. But in the story, notice what happens. Jesus speaks these hard words of the law to her. But the Holy Spirit then uses this word of law to bring out her faith. The woman doesn't deny it. She confesses that she is, in fact, a dog. She's only fit to be under the master's table. She doesn't rationalize anything. She doesn't say, well, I can't help it. She doesn't say, I'm a victim of an oppressive patriarchal society. She doesn't say, I'm not that bad. I'm a good mother who really loves her family. All of that was true, but that's not what she puts her trust in. Instead, she kneels down in front of Christ and confesses that she is, in fact, a dog. And it's not a game of false humility. It's not trying to manipulate Jesus. This woman knows how unworthy she is of God's mercy. And so when the Holy Spirit shows her this, she's ready to hold on to nothing but Christ. This is what the Holy Spirit does when the word is preached to us. The Holy Spirit will show us our need for a savior. And then he teaches our hearts to hold on to the promise that our mercy is found in Christ alone. This is the picture St. Paul would have us hold on to in Romans chapter 11. Don't put your confidence in anything except the mercy of Christ. Don't try to justify yourself in God's presence. Don't say to God, I was raised in church. Don't say my parents are good people. Don't say to God, it's not my fault. I'm really a good person at heart. Don't try to excuse your sin. Don't try to rationalize it. Because when you do, you inevitably begin to put your confidence in something other than God's mercy. You begin to put your confidence in yourself, your own abilities, your own circumstances. And all of those things ultimately will be your demise. Instead, confess to God that without his mercy, you are in fact a sinner who should be condemned. Make that confession, but then all the more trust in his word of forgiveness. Yes, God's word condemns us in its demands. But thanks be to God, Jesus Christ has come to save us. The law is not the last word to us. The word of condemnation is not the last word to us. Instead, the final word to us is the word of the cross. That is the power of the gospel for us. Those who trust in Christ will not be condemned. Jesus has come to take the law's demands for us. He has come to bear our sins. And Christ has taken the wrath of God on our behalf. Indeed, in Christ alone is where our hope is found. And you, dear Christian, you have received God's mercy through Jesus Christ, your Lord. Not of your own doing, not of your own worthiness, not of your own merit, not of any excuse you've made or rationalization you've made in front of God. You've received God's mercy precisely because of Jesus Christ. So you who were once under the law, you were once shut in your disobedience. You're now set free in Jesus Christ. And so go to that promise. Hold on to that promise. In Jesus Christ, you are saved. Amen.